This is a Moraine Valley Community College Library event podcast. For more information, visit www.morainevalley.edu slash library. It gives me great pleasure to introduce to you our, our featured speaker for the day, Claudia Ayala. Claudia first joined the Little Village Environmental Justice Organization as a volunteer in its urban agriculture campaign at the peak of the fight for Little Village's first green open space park. Witnessing firsthand what a united community could accomplish and the importance grassroots community-led organizations such as LVJO's play in the environmental and social justice movement, Claudia now works as a public transit organizer and coordinator for LVEJO's public transit campaigns. It gives me great pleasure now, without further ado, to introduce Claudia Ayala. Thank you, everybody, and I'm sorry I was late, but you know I'm Mexican if I'm late, right? I, uh, 30 minutes late, I'm sorry, this traffic was crazy. But um, my name is Claudia Ayala, and I am currently a campaigns coordinator and community organizer for the Little Village Environmental Justice Organization. How many of you guys are familiar with Little Village? Okay, okay, okay. So we got a couple. Uh, sometimes I, I say, who's familiar with Little Village? No one has ever heard it. It's not a village in Ukraine. It's actually on South Lawndale. So it's right around um, Central Park and 26th Street, uh, La Villita. So this community is about 90 to 100,000 people, very densely populated. Over 51% of our population is under the age of 25. Um, LVEJO is a non-for-profit organization, grassroots community organization that's been just actually, um, their birthday was uh, two months ago, 17 years. And um, they, we had the honor just recently last month, April 15th, well, this month on April 15th, to be the recipient of the Goldman Environmental Award, it was issued to our Executive Director, Kim Wasserman, for her work in the Clean Air Ordinance and the Clean Power Campaign. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Crawford and Fisk Coal Plan Campaign. Um, about a few years ago, it was about a 10 to 15 year campaign, and uh, she just received the, re the award, which is the highest um, award that one can receive for environmental justice. So we're very proud to have an executive director like Kim Wasserman in our organization. So before I get into um, some of the work that we do, uh, I want to make sure that you understand that I'm here not to talk about the work that we do, but how important the work from undergrad has played in making sure that our campaigns have progressed. Uh, because due to our you know, limited funding, we get about 98% 90, of our funding comes directly from private grants. So less than 2% comes for, from public uh, grant grantees, so we rely heavily on community um, community service uh, organizations, fellow organizations, and most importantly, also undergrads. We we have a big big membership of undergrad students from the community of Little Village and the neighboring uh, communities that help us with some of the data and analysis that we need to do. So before I go ahead and get started in the campaign uh, and how undergrads actually were able to assist. Um, I'm going to show a, a real quick one-minute video. Let me just pull it out on YouTube.
I asked every worker how they got to work. We have a mass transit system that needs investments. For over 15 years, the neighborhoods of Little Village to the Lake have been without a bus. Can you imagine one of the most densely populated parts of the city with no bus? Can you imagine going to work and your kids going to school, walking through some of the busiest thoroughfares along 31st Street, and perhaps some of the most violent neighborhoods in the city of Chicago? Recently, Chicago and the CTA have announced investments throughout the city. Bus rapid transit, multi-million dollar train stations, complete renovation of the red line. The little villages left behind. The promised transit investments that have been made haven't arrived. It's the right of every Chicagoan, on 31st and the like, the little village, to be entitled to the same resources as every other resident. So we ask, are we not Chicago too? Together, we can renew and strengthen our city. Community by community, business by business, neighborhood by neighborhood, and block by block. So that video right there was a combination of some work that uh, both high school students and undergrads, uh, particularly in the communications field, put together about one year ago when we started the campaign and we took a different initiative. So originally the public transit campaign is centered around making sure that uh, neighborhoods, particularly low-income and communities of color neighborhoods, have accessibility and uh, connectivity in their area because through research that we um, conducted, we found out that the more that a community has available uh, connections or public transportation, uh, the better or more enhanced their livability in that community is. So we wanted to make sure that uh, accessibility is something, particularly in our community, that uses it for um, job access that they have readily available. Uh, this campaign started about six years ago. Uh, previously to that, I, I was only an independent consultant doing their communications for LVEJO, and about two years ago is when I transitioned as a full-time community organizer. Um, so the difference was that the previous organizer had taken a more of a grass, the grassroots approach in uniting communities of color. But if you deal with somebody like the Chicago Transportation Authority, that's probably the last thing they want to hear, uniting communities of color, probably frighten them to death. So what we decided to do is make it more of a youth initiative uh, because particularly this 31st Street bus, which runs from Cicero Avenue um, along that area, Cicero Avenue to an east-west route all the way to the Lakeshore, that's the proposed route that we had implemented, wanted to implement, um, is, is right on the corner of 31st Street and Costner, uh, Little Village Lawndale High School, which is the largest, it's a four-campus high school, um, not as big as Moraine Valley, definitely, but um, it's pretty big, and it's very, very densely populated. And it was the only Chicago public school in the district that did not have service by, by a CTA service. So we definitely wanted to make sure that they owned this because it was exactly so they could have accessibility. When we talk about accessibility, we're also talking about safety. Uh, since we are in a community where there's um, two major uh, street organizations. It's sometimes dangerous, and it doesn't really matter who you're with, but where you live. It's dangerous for youth to get to um, the school without having, um, you know, transport safe transportation. Uh, you know, walking is, is not always an option or safe. So we went to the high school, and actually the, the high school youth organized, made this video, and conducted several different um, actions. So first things first, we went ahead and educated community members about where the route would take you, how it would connect you, what other routes it would connect you to, like rail stations, particularly the orange line, the green line. Um, 
potentially the red line. So once that was done, they conducted surveys, and then they did a bike the route um, action day. So we biked it all the way from, which was about seven miles, eight miles, um, all the way from the high school to the lake shore because that's where we wanted to have the bus go. So what ended up happening is that we were able to get the attention of the um, State Senator Martin Sandoval, who had just recently had re been redistricted to our area. So he was able to go ahead and champion to have this implemented. However, we did not get the full route. We got an extension of the number 35 bus route. So there's already a route that's just a little bit under three miles um, that goes east-west from Cottage Grove all the way to Kedzie. And what we were able to do is have that route be extended to serve the west end corridor of the South Lawndale community. Um, and that was, again, through youth initiatives. And the reason that I came here today is because um, aside from the regular organizing that we do, which is, you know, community engagement, and you probably heard plenty of it, you know, flyering and getting the word out, we did a lot, a lot of data research. So we worked with a couple of different multidisciplinary students in, in undergrads in the fields of urban planning, civil engineering, communications, um, ethnic studies. So we had a very, very diverse set of students that came in and did an internship for six months. And what we did is we tried to um, sort of show and promote how having this route implemented would not just be good for the community, but good for CTA because it would make them money. So eventually we were able to present this to um, the, uh, the Chicago Transportation Board of Authorities, uh, their, their board, as well as uh, the Senator Sandoval, and we were able to have that uh, route implemented due to the work and we used Chicago uh, data. So it wasn't like it was just us saying it or making things up. We used our own data to kind of show the statistics and the numbers um, of how feasible this route would be and more than anything how profitable it could potentially be since this is the most densely populated youth under 25, which, is to the, which translates to potential workforce. Um, so that's exactly how we were able to achieve this. Aside from this, we also have two other campaigns. We have our clean, uh, our clean power, clean, clean air campaign, which is the, cell, the Crawford and Fisk coal plant. Uh, this September 2012, it was effectively shut down due to the clean air ordinance. We also had been doing that for about 10 years. So right now we're working in the remediation of the site, making sure that it's cleaned up and that no new industry comes in uh, to harm you know, the community. Um, this plant was in the community since before uh, its population changed, and it had always been around, and um, it was causing approximately about 400 deaths a year and premature deaths, and it was a silent killer, but community members were not aware of it because a lot of times we don't have the resources to have, um, you know, somebody come in and kind of let us know what is, what is in the air and what is invisible. So until we were able to put that data together and then working with Harvard, uh, medical school, we were able to legitimize our campaigns further, and that's how eventually the, the coal plants got shut down in Pilsen and in Little Village. And then lastly, our current campaign that we're working on is the building of a brand-new 22-acre green space park. Um, we were campaigning for this for 10 years. This was an urban agriculture open space effort. And finally, about two years ago, we were able to allocate uh, that area, the 22-acre, which is adjacent to the to um, the jail, what is it called, the Cook County Jail, 
which is the largest jail there in in the United States, um, the most populated. Right next to it, there's going to be a park now. So we got a lot of opposition for that, um, but we actually thought it was perfect because. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, because um, a lot of people said, "Why would you want to build?" A park next to a jail and I said well you know that's our monument in Little Village and we don't want you know we don't want to just be known for the largest jail we like to be known for the largest park so um, again it was through community efforts intensely this was more cross-generational because it was a lot of our elder members who to them they wanted space to farm and it's it's about you know keeping keeping your your roots close to your heart using old methods and new methods to be sustainable because we believe sustainable starts with community and it starts with these kind of efforts. Um, so needless to say, we were able to get this, uh, this site, but it was after a long, long battle, 10 years, and it's going to be the first park built in that area in over 75 years. Uh, so it's a big it, – it, this year has definitely been uh, very good to us, but again, it, it could not have been done without the work of community, and I know you hear that all the time, but – most importantly, without the work of the undergrads, which is why, you know, um, we're, well, I came here today to speak with you and we're trying to reach out to, to college students all the time. Uh, one thing that we noticed, particularly myself being an undergrad, uh, when you first graduate, everybody asks for experience in the field. And how do you have experience if you've been working and going to school all the time and you know sometimes we don't have the ability to have direct access to whatever major it is that we're, we're focusing in. So it's definitely been something that has helped out um, the people involved, the undergrads involved. So I'll give you an example for uh, our public transit campaign. We had an urban planner uh, that helped me help create the route and make sure that uh, there was a correct turnabout and we had all the data together. She was an urban um, planner and she was going to she's she's currently going to Champaign University in Urbana. When she came back from, from this internship, you know, um, at the end of the summer, her, her professor, her urban planning professor, said that he had been working on the design of the BNSF rail, which is a connecting uh, rail system of the 31st Street bus. And he asked her, what, what did you do this summer? And she said, oh, well, I implemented an extension of a bus route. So he was like, what? How? You know, and um, from those connections, too, we've been able to more – more concretely establish a relationship with colleges so that they could also assist us in our efforts as we try to, you know, gather data and um, legitimize our work through um, hard statistics. So it's been good all around, and I'm really proud to say that, you know, this team has come a long way, and as people go on and graduate, they use their experience um, at LVGO to not only enhance whatever major or field they're going into, but they've also helped the community out in the end. So it's a win-win situation for all. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much it. And if you guys have um, any questions, I have a couple of our little homemade brochures um, about exactly our campaigns, how you can get involved. There's definitely always room for involvement, whether it be minimal or whether you have the time or Hello? Hello? Okay. Um, you can still assist because, we, like, like we said, we always have, even if when it's data. Sometimes uh, when we would get, particularly from other, uh, if you didn't have, if you didn't have. 
So just um, we'll have our contact information. And I also want to let everybody know um, that we have internships, paid stipend internships available for the summer. Those would require outreach. Um, so it does require bilingual in Spanish. Uh, but um, there are other, there are other communica there's communication and research. So I have that information for you guys if you want to go ahead and uh, find out more about the organization or you want to get involved. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Claudia. Uh, it's wonderful. Actually, Claudia, we have a, a table uh, waiting for you back there if you'd like to set up your brochures and people can come and chat with you. And uh, thank you all. Uh, please mix and mingle here. We've got lots of groups here. In the back, we've got groups still coming in. So visit Music for Lombok, and we've got Hospital Sisters Mission Outreach, Together We Cope, many, many others. Uh, oh, don't forget uh, the Payless Restoration Project over here to my left and get some food and talk with everybody. Thanks. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to this Moraine Valley Community College Library event podcast. For more information, visit www.morainevalley.edu library.